Hi, this is Chris Putnam Walkerly. Welcome to my podcast series, Smart Philanthropy. We've helped many foundations and corporate grantmakers develop and manage requests for proposals, also known as RFPs, as a way to identify the best nonprofits to fund. Over the years, my research has shown that there are 10 things a funder can do to make RFPs successful, and I want to share them with you right now. The first is to get crystal clear on what you want to accomplish with your funding initiative. This means understanding your vision, your mission, your objectives and strategies, what you want to accomplish, and with what dollar amount. The second is to envision your ideal applicant. Who do you want to apply for this funding initiative? What kind of organization? What skill level and experience do they need to have? Do you want an organization that has been doing this work for a long time and you want to take them to the next level, or are you seeking to fund a startup organization? The third is to put customer service first. This involves doing two things. One is being very clear that the beneficiary or the end user of your funding initiative is ultimately the person, the family, the community that you're trying to help. And make sure that your approach is of greatest value to them. Secondly, be clear that the vehicle through which you're going to accomplish your RFP is the nonprofit organization that will be applying. So you want to make sure that you treat them like customers and not like servants. Don't make them jump through unnecessary hoops or give them unrealistic deadlines. The fourth is to get honest feedback from people outside your organization. Share a draft of the RFP to maybe similar organizations that might be applying or funder colleagues from other foundations, and give them permission to give you feedback, criticism, to test your assumptions. You want your red team and not the people telling you that everything looks great. The fifth is to conduct significant outreach to potential applicants. This, of course, will depend on whether your RFP is open, meaning anybody can apply, or it's by invitation only. But if it's an open RFP, how will your ideal applicant learn about it? What networks and associations are they part of that can help you disseminate the RFP? You want to ensure that the applicants you want to apply are aware of it in time that they can actually submit their proposals. The sixth is to determine in advance your staffing needs. You want to think about what resources you're going to need to plan and develop this, who will write the RFP, how many proposals do you anticipate, and how many people will you need to help you review those proposals. Will you be conducting site visits? And then how will other people in your organization be impacted? There might be staff at your foundation who work in grants management, communications, evaluation, who might need to be involved in reviewing proposals. And you might need to think about what's your plan for engaging all of these individuals and helping you successfully implement your RFP. The seventh is to develop your review criteria before issuing the RFP. And this might seem contradictory because, of course, you don't need to review the proposals quite yet. But you want to think about when those proposals come in, how are you going to be reviewing them? What are your criteria? Will you have a scoring system? And by developing it in advance, it can help you identify holes or areas of confusion or duplication in your RFP that you can correct before you disseminate it. The eighth is to anticipate your expectations for grantee involvement in the funding initiative. Will there be an evaluation? If so, what kinds of data collection needs will you have? Are there expectations that your grantees will participate in a learning community? And if so, then you need to make sure these expectations are clear to the applicants before they apply. Ninth, anticipate applicant questions and prepare frequently asked questions. So think in advance, what kinds of questions will your applicants have? 
where might be areas of confusion, are there terms that might need to be clarified, and you can actually create an FAQs document in advance and issue it when the RFP is released. And then you can update it as needed as applicant questions start coming in. And the tenth is to debrief once the dust settles. So after you've reviewed the proposals, made funding decisions, made the grants, issued your press release, take some time to reflect on the process. What could have gone better? What worked? What would you do differently? And ideally, ask the applicants who were declined and also the grantees that you funded. From their perspective, what could have been done better? Make sure you document it and share it with your colleagues at your foundation and refer to it the next time you develop an RFP so that you can make sure that you retain the lessons that you've learned through this process. So obviously, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that my best clients are leveraging all 10 of these points to ensure that their RFPs are tools used to create the most successful grant-making programs for their foundation. Thanks for listening. This has been Smart Philanthropy with me, Chris Putnam-Walkerly, President of Putnam Consulting Group.